Hey everyone, this is IK Grande with Demystifying Gay Porn. I wanted to thank you very much for listening to the Demystifying Gay Porn podcast, available wherever you get your podcast, as well as YouTube, where you can watch our interviews, click the like button, click the subscribe button, you can click the bell notification so that way you know exactly when we're uploading new stuff. And as always, I encourage you to leave questions, comments, insults, whatever be the case. Just remember to click subscribe. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you watch porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, for this episode, I have uh, I get a lot of emails from fans, uh, from listeners, and uh, I can't stress how much or how important it is to hear from people because I enjoy um, the different lifestyles, the different uh, fetishes, the different kinks and stuff that I might not have known <clears throat> That I might not have known before uh, before they've contacted me. So I, I got an email last week from uh, we're going to call him L, uh, and he's my guest today. But I got an email from L, and L is a crush freak. Uh, however, the more technical term is um, hold on, it's a philia. Give me one second. It's formicophilia. Formicophilia. Okay, so the technical term is formicophilia, and it's um, it's in the family of insect eroticism, but also macrophilia. And I've done a couple of episodes on macrophilia. I've had a couple of guests and a couple of performers who do uh, provide content um, uh, to certain people that, that would like that content. So without further ado, uh, my guest today, uh, we'll call him L. And uh, here he is. L, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Ike. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you for pronouncing it. I'm glad you... Ike Grande. Um, I'm going to do a, a video about it because a lot of people call it IQ Grande. Oh, Ike. Yeah, and I think it, it's so... Can you imagine how awful of me to think I can call myself IQ I, Grande? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I mean, now that you say it, yeah, it, it, it does sound incredibly douchey. But I... <laughs> <laughs> And I've heard people call me that, oh, IQ Grande. And I'm like, no, it's definitely not IQ Grande. IQ Grande. It's like, well, you never know, right? Like, I mean. Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd appreciate that. But yeah, uh, like the idea of myself calling myself that is just, it's a little too no, much. I, I mean, I think we one does need the, uh, the understanding of the pronunciation in Spanish of the K, you know, the Q-U-E, to, to, to get that, which I always like. It's like, we're like, IQ. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> And deeper, deeper than that, and I can share that with you because you are Latin as well, is uh, my middle name is Enrique, and I-Q-U-E is the last of Enrique. So oh. there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. There you go. Okay, <laughs> you see? You know, yeah. making sense. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. So so let's now, let's focus on you. Let's talk about you. Um, so what made you reach out uh, to me for the podcast? Can we be 100% honest? As I want you to be as honest as possible. I was so high. I was so high. <laughs> like, I was high out of my mind. And uh, so in one of the uh, macrophilia pages that I belong to, like, as, as, as you mentioned, like, the, my particular kink overlaps a lot of other kinks that uh, you have uh, featured in your podcast. Um, the... 
so somebody posted that link in one of the forums, I remember, said, hey, like, we have people here to, uh, talk about macrophilia. It's actually a serious conversation. It's um, outside of just like the, the, the macro people. So like maybe this is good to listen. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's nice. So I started listening to it. And I, as I mentioned, I, mean, I kind of got hooked and I started going episode by episode, like just like listening to everything. I'm like uh, halfway through your catalog. And like the idea just started like percolating in my mind. I'm like, maybe he'll be interested in my particular kink, like, I mean, there's, there seems that he's pretty much going the route of the, the, the interesting and the unusual. This may be interesting and unusual. Uh, but of course, I was thinking, like, maybe he won't care. Maybe he'll take an issue with it. Like, no, just, just, just put that aside. And just, like, what was it? Like, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was just high out of my mind. And I'm like, I'm going to email him now. It's like, and if he just doesn't reply, then he just doesn't reply. And that's the end of it. But hey, you know, you, you ended up replying and I was like, oh, and when I saw you reply, I was like, wait, who is it? Like, because I saw the name, I'm like, how would he know? And it wasn't until I was like, oh no, wait, you, you wrote this and now he's replying back to you. And here we are. I, you know what, if we are completely honest, I was probably high when I answered it. Um, there, <laughs> I, I am a, I am a fellow believer of edibles and all that oh, fun yes. stuff. So, um, no, I, I don't think I was, I think I actually waited until I wasn't. Uh, and, uh, I, I go through all my emails in one day, uh, at night usually. And, um, I do, I get probably four or five emails within a week from, uh, various different people who will suggest certain things. Some oh. of them suggest, you know, well, you know, some of them are technical. I'm not going to lie. Some of them are, you know, you, you need to light better or you need to do this or you need to do that. Oh, God. You know, fuck you. Like <laughs> when it, when it comes to that stuff, it's not. It's primarily a podcast, so I'm trying to focus mostly on the audio. Um, the video is extra, and eventually it will get there once I get a bigger budget. However, um, yeah, you know, primarily what I am focusing more on is uh, the people that that write in or the people that uh, appear on the show. So, um, so yeah, when when I saw your email, I immediately thought, okay, well, this is interesting. So. In a nutshell, to start it off, right? Mm -hmm. When you say you're a crush freak, what does that mean? So in a nutshell, and without going into much detail... Before we get into the details. Exactly. <laughs> I am... I jerk off to videos or live shows of men that I consider attractive. They don't have to be conventionally attractive, but I consider attractive. Stepping on insects. That's... That's the essential feedback. It's like I am going to town and someone's stepping on insects in front of me or on a video. That's that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> so, um, and you're not alone. I am not alone. It's it's rare. It's hard to find people who share the same interests. Like I'm not going to lie. I, um, I'm well. I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm closer to forty. I always sort of like forward a bit like that, so I get used to the idea when I get turn 40 of being 40. Um, I had never oh, yeah, met. I, I do that too. I, well, I'm going to yeah. be, I'm going to be 40 soon. How old are you? 35? Oh God, you have plenty of time. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm 37, but I, I said like, yeah, it's 40. Just round it up and get used to it. Um, I had never met somebody like myself in my life in person. I have talked to people online very sporadically as um, we're having a conversation. The most of us are like, are, you know, very low key, like, not very mainstream, like not something that we go around sharing with people. But uh, the fact that I have communicated with people like myself who have this interest tells me like, okay, we, there's probably a few more of us out there. 
not that many, but I'm, at least I'm not alone, which was news to me for almost 20, 25 years. I said, like, I'm probably the only person on the planet who has this. Because why else would anybody else have it, right? It's sufficiently out there. Isn't that something, though, like the idea of, like the idea that you put in your head, I'm all alone, yeah. is is so, it's terrifying, but um, interesting at the same time. I know. It's, I liked it. To be honest with you, I liked it. Because I was thinking, I have a secret that nobody else knows. And nobody else knows, even knows that. It, because, of course, as you can imagine, when puberty came and like I started noticing things, it was a lot easier for me to get off than my peers. Right? Be because I did not need the actual sexual contact with, I mean, which I, I mean, I've had sex before and plenty of times. And like, yeah, you know, my, you know we won't discuss body counts here because I, it's, it's not something to be proud of at my end. Um, I, oh, but you are the, preaching to the choir, don't worry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but at the same time, when I was starting, I'm like, wait, I don't need to deal with all this hassle. I can even do it in public and nobody would ever know. So to be honest with you, I always saw the positive saying like, I am fascinating. Maybe I'm tuning my own horn here, but I'm thinking like, wow, it's like, I am truly special because I did not ask for this. It came. It's not going anywhere. If anything, it's growing. Might as well learn to live with it. <laughs> now, the idea of being able to, I don't want to say plot, but. Oh, I love plotting. Please do say it. Like the idea of being able to plot idea uh, videos or plot yeah. you know scenarios out with somebody else who is like-minded isn't that uh how, do, how does that make you feel because because you have you've, you've talked to some people and obviously there are people making videos too or content providing content um how does that make you feel so it's um it is peculiar right because i i do know of someone who used to live close to me i mean close not like you know, my next nor day more like more than close. Like you need a, a short trip, like a, a day trip to get there. And we became good friends over Instagram, and we would you know chat about these things. Like I mean, uh, poor guy, he's he's very shy, he's very alone. He, he like he's the kind of person who I do feel like needs a little bit of extra help, and I was hoping that I could provide it. But I did say, hey, you know, why don't we meet for real? Like we are the only two people who could realistically actually like go to a coffee shop talk about these things he shut me out never heard of him again the idea of somebody else knowing who he was i i suspect was so terrifying even if we were part of the same community was just so terrifying that he would rather just cut all communications with somebody within the community rather than being exposed to the slight possibility that somebody else would know well, see, isn't that, that's so, to me, it's sad. And we, we spoke sad, about sad. it a little bit before we, we went live, but the, I, the reason for, the reason why I feel like uh, when people write in, when listeners write in or people are, are, have something to share, the reason why I think that's so important is because as much as it's nice or as much as it was nice for you to think I'm the only person out there, here's this guy who's suffering and he can't talk to anybody about it. So, you know, the, the more you make stuff, not, you know, it's still unusual. It's still unusual. Oh yeah. It will always be unusual and I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's but the, the more you're able to talk about it, the, the better I think it gets for a lot of people. And, you know, exactly. just imagine you know, the gay thing is one thing, 
right? Mm-hmm. You have to come out of the closet in that sense. And then all of a sudden you have to come out of the closet in a different sense because you like certain videos or you get off a different way than other people do. Oh yeah, no, that that was like, I, I mean, we were talking about this, how I have these um, internet dialogues within myself and, uh, you know, the, the myself part that it's like the more mature one. And uh, like, I was like, well, you know, when should we come out and everything? And like, I come from a very, I would say mostly open-minded family. And even myself was saying, the gay thing, that they can handle and they will learn to accept you the other mm -mm. it's like you can't really you can't go there like that is just for you with that in mind let's go into uh growing up what 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 was growing up like um where you grew up so this is um just as a quick overview just to sort of lay some context because um a lot of the elements of my life sort of like play a role in how this fetish starts taking place i i was born in mexico and I lived there like a good chunk of my life. I, in my teenage years, ended up moving to um, to Canada, to the West Coast. And, and there I, I believed I became a Canadian citizen quite a few years ago. Uh, and then eventually for work, I, I relocated to the West Coast uh, of the United States. And um, as I mentioned to you, and this is not a flex, but uh, once again, it's important. I did come from a, uh, let's just call it a well-to-do family in Mexico. And the... That meant I had access to like a lot of things and that helped me shape um, this kink in ways that I didn't think would be shaped until now that I'm grown up and I look back. Um, as I mentioned to you, I was doing my homework, like my mental homework of like, okay, try to document as clearly as you can how this thing appears into your life and transforms. And I was able to identify three milestones, all of them tied to to movies, to content, because, you know, once again, for, for, for those listeners who are not doing the math, I was born in uh, 1984, um, um, uh, you know, late Gen X, um, early millennial, which means that I did not have access to the internet when I was growing up, because there was no internet to have access to. Um, videos and magazines was basically the only form of content I had access to, to try and, like, get something from it. So, first milestone. It had to be before elementary. We're talking kindergarten. We're talking five years old before elementary or maybe early elementary. Um, I'm in Mexico with my family. I'm thinking it's probably a weekend because I'm watching cartoons. So maybe Saturday morning cartoons type deal. And this very old cartoon, a Disney cartoon actually from uh, Goofy, you know, the Disney character Goofy. And um, he apparently in the 40s, he had this series of cartoons of like Goofy does things to teach children how to do things like, you know, Goofy plays soccer. And then you learn all the rules about soccer, you know, while Goofy doing all these. And the one I was watching was uh, called uh, Goofy plays football, like American football, not the football that we know um, in the Latin America, which everywhere outside of exactly. And um, so I'm, li- I'm I'm watching these, and there is one scene, and I had to rewatch it for this episode. And say, like that's the scene that sort of like starts triggering things. Um, as I'm one of those gays who doesn't really understand much about sports, so I don't really know the names of the plays or the games, but like they. Where like both teams get together and like one of them passes the ball to someone else and then the other person sort of like throws it. At, I don't know. You, you know that that part of the game wherever it's starting. Where I know start. it. I don't know it by name, but I know what you're talking about. Well, the point is that there's usually a lot of chaos in that part of the game, right? Because you have both teams sort of like colliding to one another, trying to you know these teams trying to protect the guy who has to throw the ball. This team's trying to get to the ball, and the way it was portrayed in the cartoon was basically everybody just on top of it, everybody just like you know, grabbing, punching. But what was important was there were a lot of scenes of trampling. 
like the cartoon thing, and you know they're 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 wearing their cartoonish football cleats and they're stepping on each other. And I remember very distinctively. So there was. I, I, it might sound a bit crazy, but, but I really tried to put this into words. Um, what I now realize was a sexual feeling for a child who did not really have the mental capacity or even the physical capacity to process what a sexual feeling was like, right? Because I was five years old. And I remember what I felt was a sense of anticipation, like, <gasps> like something good's going to happen. Like, oh my God, it's like the morning of Christmas day and I'm going to go open my presents. <gasps> and a very warm feeling all over like my solar plexus, you know, like the area between like your chest and your belly. And I remember I became like immediately withdrawn. I saw that. It was like, I got these feelings. I just finished watching the cartoon and I kid you not, I know this sounds made up, but like I remember it clear in my mind. I went inside of my closet, you know, <laughs> surprise. Um, <laughs> I grabbed my, I have an older brother and uh, he's a year and a half older than myself. So of course he has bigger feet. I grabbed one of his shoes. I lay down on the closet. Of course I needed somewhere private, even in my method, like this is something private. And I lay down and I put it on my chest. And I stayed there for like, I don't know, I mean, like, I don't think it was that long because my parents were not looking for me. But now I realize this was my way of sort of trying to see, well, I felt something. I don't know what it was, but I liked it. And I'm going to try to elicit it again. Interesting. And of course I couldn't, right? I was just like there, and but was just trying to process like, what was this? Now, that was the day when I start getting a little unhealthy obsession over guys' shoes. Like, not just the shoes themselves, but, like, people wearing them. Like, boys. Boys my age that I could consider, well, now I would say attractive, you know, jocks in the making, so to speak, because I always find this interesting. Like, no, I I didn't just like any kind of guy's shoes. I didn't get, like, I mean, I grew up, like, um, you know, slightly overweight, very nerdy, like, not particularly. No, those are not the kind of shoes that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the boys who, like, play soccer or, like, are confident or, like, you know, just, like, want to teach her, bully their way around things. That That's the kind of shoes that I'm interested in. Uh, when I said, like, an unhealthy obsession, okay, just to give you an idea, and uh, this was, like, Jesus Christ, like, how can I become a serial killer? There was a point where I would go through, like, my mom's older magazines, and if I found a guy that I found attractive and he was wearing shoes that I found attractive because I have a hierarchy of what shoes I think are good look on men and which ones don't. I would cut them and I kept like a little uh, notebook and I would paste them. And I would just look at them. Look at them. And I mean eventually I was like Jesus Christ like this is <laughs> kind of crazy. So you you kind of have a sneaker fetish too then. Well, I think that's how we started. It starts with like a sneaker fetish, a shoe fetish, like of course there's the dominance element. Um I sort of like trying start concocting these little scenarios in as a child like I don't know, let's say you know how when you're a kid like in elementary something sometimes you sit on the floor and you sing the songs and you clap the things and then I would try to sit right next to the guys that I thought were good looking to me or were wearing the shoes I'm interested in and maybe just like put my hand on my knee so that I could be close to like their shoes or like maybe just like just 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 to touch it just with the bare, my bare hand and I'm like oh yes this is good this is good now that sort of like keeps moving until the second milestone which was, do you remember a movie uh, by the name of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yes. Do you remember a scene uh, where there's like a lawnmower 
So there's the, the, the kids who got shrunk are in the backyard. At some point, one of the bigger kids, you know, cool bully type kids of the, their friends there, um, ends up arriving to the backyard and there's this uh, lawnmower that's like remote controlled. And so he starts like playing around and the whole thing is like, of course, he doesn't know that the kids are shrunk and there and like, you know, it's a whole drama and like, you know, all the kind of things happen. When I was watching that movie, and I'm almost sure I was watching that movie in, just for our American audiences, the closest thing I could think of is like a country club, you know, where like your parents go play tennis and do things. And then like, they just like dump their kids with these like, oh, kids activities. And like, you know, today we're doing arts and crafts. And they go out and get drunk. Exactly. Right. It's like, you know, like mommy and daddy are going to have some Chardonnay with the neighbors and uh, you stay here and like play with all your friends. And I think one of those play without their friends days was just like, well, we have nothing to give them to do, so they just watch a movie and let's watch these, you know, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And when that movie, when that scene comes around, especially because the the guy who's, of course, like doing the remote control is like, this kid would be around my age, maybe like a little bit older compared to how old I was that. He was, of course, you know, good looking, like he was wearing Converse shoes, I still remember, which was, of course, like, and I tried like, so just to give you an idea, like, I think that guys who wear, like, boots are really attractive. And anything that looks like a boot is very attractive to me. And the less it looks like a boot, the less interested I am. Oh, okay. So no sneakers, boots. So, so well, for instance, like, um, high-top sneakers. That I like. But, like, you know, like, low coats, like, the stuff that people use for runners, I don't really find interesting. Of course, sandals, I'm like, uh, this is not interesting. But if you say, well, you know, Nike Air Jordans, Nike Air Force Ones, oh, that's, you know, that's my vibe. And in this particular sense, I remember very distinctively when, when the guy, because the guy doesn't move, right? He's just like holding the control and wreaking havoc with um, the lawnmower. And like the kids are like, ah, God, you know, we're going to be whatever. I was thinking, why isn't he stepping on them? It's like, I really want him to step on them. Like, I really, really do want him. I, I, like this obsession of like, oh my God, like probably it's coming. Like probably, you know, like it's not going to be intentional, of course, but like maybe he's going to turn around and it's going to be one of their. And I'm like, even if he doesn't die, I just want to step on one of them. But of course he didn't. Right. But the idea stayed in my mind that it's like, okay, so it starts morphing them from an interesting, like, you know, guys, attractive guys wearing shoes to attractive giant guys wearing shoes, stepping tiny people and sort of that kind of like floats around like a little bit of a macro thing i'm still obsessed with uh, guys shoes and whatnot because even in the back of my mind i'm thinking like well where are you gonna find yourself a giant to step on you right like like let's 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 get realistic i mean no hate to my macro friends and i do like some macro content does cater to me very strongly but in the back of my mind i'm thinking okay this is never actually going to happen because it's not realistically possible and eventually, when we start getting close to um, to puberty, the the final milestone, the final seal is broken that just unleashes all of this kink, which is a rerun of an older movie called um, Arachnophobia. I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? Arachnophobia, nineteen ninety one. Exactly. Oh, okay. I'm a xenophile. <laughs> I, I watch movies. <laughs> Oh, so, so you've seen it. So, so you've seen like John Goodman's on it. It's, it's, you know, kind of like horror comedy. I don't know how to describe it. It's, well, it was, I'm, I'm an arachnophobic too, on top oh. of that. So I. So why did you watch it? <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm also a masochist. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So a xenophile, arachnophobic, and a masochist. I watched it because I, it's almost like 
preparing for, you know, if a spider attack happens, I know exactly what to do. Ah, good yeah. one. <laughs> but but I, w- I remember watching that and um, going along with where you're going with it. Uh-huh. I think John Goodman steps on one of the spiders and there's a whole bunch of slime that comes off of his shoe. Yeah, but like, I mean, who's going to get off with John Goodman? Brilliant actor, don't get me wrong. But like, I mean, I was like, but, bef- but before the John Goodman scene, which is the, the, the interesting part here, and of course, like everybody forgets that because why would you do that? Um, there is a scene where they're playing football, like on a quote unquote high school, and you know it's the '90s, so it's it's that time where like you would cast like mid twenties people as if they were in, still in high school. But of course, like it's it's the '90s, so they're like all tall, blonde, good-looking jocks. And there's this particular scene. So of course, like one of these you know poisonous spiders gets itself into one of the helmets of the football guys. Like the football player puts it on, starts playing. The, the spider bites. Oh my god! Poison! Poison! I'm dead. And there is this very distinct close-up scene where they remove the helmet of the guy, they put it right next to you, you can see the football cleat of one of the players, and you can see as a very clear, um, like, you know, close-up, the guy tries to get closer to the to the player to see what's going on, and he steps on the spider. I remember that now. That was the first time I masturbated. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was lucky because, of course, by then I was already in like my, my teenage years in my family would only eat lunch together. Everybody would eat dinner at their own time. So I was just like making myself dinner. They were running this as a rerun because, I mean, we're talking more like I didn't watch Arachnophobia when it came out because it was like early 90s. We're talking more towards like maybe late to the end of the 90s. So it was just like a rerun of the movie. And I was just like eating. And then that scene comes. And I remember I locked the kitchen door and I'm like, this has to happen. Like, this is going to happen right now. And, well, it happened. Yeah, you went to town. <laughs> exactly. I went to town. I went, like, I must have been, if I did this, like, maybe six or seven times, one after the other, one after the other. Because, of course, like, I mean, the movie kept running. I, I It did not occur to myself to record it. Like, you know, dumb me. I ended up doing it later because, like, I, I would figure out, like, you know, with a TV guide, like, okay, when are they going to rerun arachnophobia? Because now I have to kind of create my own porn. So that was when I said, like, okay, this is it. It started with just, like, generic sneaker fetish, moving to, like, macrophilia, but it's a very specific type of macrophilia. There has, like, somebody needs to be stepped on, and then eventually just move on to the, to the box side. And that's when I said, like, yeah, this is, this is me. So, so before, and I'm not, I'm not going to skate over that. That was a lot of information. I know. And, <laughs> no, but it was good. It was very interesting. I think you've detailed so much about how you can go from one thing to the next which leads me to believe you've 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 actually sat down and said okay what the fuck where did this come from you know how i need to understand yeah right because like if if it exists but nobody else has it it has to come from somewhere and i want to see where it comes from i still don't get it though but at least i can provide you a good chronology of how it started and more so i'm curious i'm curious you mentioned trampling with the goofy video. Yeah. Does trampling people ever have an effect on you? Like, do you, does you watching people get trampled, is that something that can it get you there? Within, it is within my realm, of course, as, as um, the theme about here is always being like, I'm always on the submissive side. 
and like I'm always looking for somebody else or something else to be the abuser, the crusher, the dominant one. So it's like, would I? Uh, is it within my purview of kinks and fetishes? Yeah, like mostly anything that has to do with a foot stepping on something, ideally myself, it's within my purview. Uh, but if you were to ask me to like rank them, it's like, okay, okay, like, you know, how close would it be to your top fetish or something like, no, it's, it's not even nearly that high. And I have a couple of trampoline videos and like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, every once in a while I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch one. Um, but it's definitely not within my immediate sort of interest. Like, so, it's, it's so at this point it's, it's insects. Oh yeah. It's, it's insect getting step. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's like 98% of my day-to-day porn consum- consumption is some version. I, I thought it was very interesting yesterday how uh, one of the last emails we shared, uh, you sent me videos, uh, two videos. Oh, yeah. And uh, to introduce the video, you said, this is, this is my porn. This is my porn. Yeah. Right then and there, I was hooked, and I wanted to watch, and I watched. Um, there was one with crickets. Yeah. Right? Both of them, I think, have crickets. Both of them have crickets. One, one of them was one. Yeah, only one. Yeah. Which I am. Uh, I asked if I can share with uh, people through the YouTube mm-hmm. video. Um, the other one is uh, another one that is that content created specifically for you? No, that was con- so. Are you familiar with Findom? Financial domination. That's also within all of my kinks and fetishes. Financial domination. So financial domination, that's more like a cash master. Like a cash master, exactly. Yeah. All right. So it's it's not within, um, it's not something I seek, but it's a community that I find useful to generate content for myself because a lot of cash masters, well, in, in their businesses to appeal to broader audiences, they do take requests. And I remember this particular cash master had already posted somewhere Somebody asked me to do this. It wasn't me, but I have this video. So if anybody's into this, I'm selling it for such and such. And I'm like, hello, good sir. I would love to, you know, um, pay you some money. Or like, the services saying? you're providing are very necess- necessary <laughs> to me. If exactly. So if, if, if we may, you know, ex- make the exchange of goods for money, it would be great. Because I don't, I mean, I respect the people who get into financial domination, but I... For me, it gets really boring very quickly. I can't understand it. I genuinely can't because if that's the case, you know, there are tons of movies I want to make. Where can I meet these people that want to give people money? <laughs> I just, like, I don't understand it, but I know it's there. It exists. I know that there's cash masters who are very successful. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and good for them. Good for yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> because although the video is a little bit intense, you know, the... Like not everybody is very comfortable with like the verbal side that I specifically do request because it can be very insulting. I'm like, well, these people are like, well, what do you want me to do, right? Like my audience is demanding this. This is what I want to hear. This is what they pay me to do. So I'm going to do it. And I'm like, well, you know. So so let's now let's get into that. Let's get into um, the two videos you showed me. Uh, mm-hmm. You are not the only or first person that has uh, made a crush video or has watched a crush video, yes. you, you've simply provided me with certain videos mm-hmm. that you have seen online that are interesting to you. The first one I sent to you, the one with the, that's just like one cricket and a guy with a, wearing a white sneaker, that is me. That, I'm the cameraman. Okay, so you're the cameraman. So yeah. you, you've, you've made content. Yeah, maybe. Like I was there when it was happening and whatnot. And the other one is more of like, you know, generic 
you know, somebody advertised it and I bought it off the internet. What was it like being in the room while the content was being made? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I mean, it's, um, so it is part, of course, of what I mentioned to you, like all these kind of wacky, interesting scenarios of how I came up with this. And, uh, well, one of them, and this, this is more towards, I guess, the, the end, well, not the end, but like the full development of me as a sexual being, as a sexual human being, when I realized, listen, Oscar, we're just going to have to take the bullet here. Nobody on Grinder, nobody on any of these Tinder dating apps is going to say, hey, I can step and box for you, right? Like, that's not something that, you know, nobody opens like, their dating lines like, hey, I'm into these. Like, would you want to be a willing participant for that? So very quickly, I realized, like, okay, if I really want to get the experience, I'm going to have to start paying people. It's like, there is there is no, I cannot fathom any other way in which I could, like, make this happen for me. And at some point, the even if I was making videos, because I don't know if you wanted to go through, like, I mean, I had made videos before that were not within a sexual context, where I was basically tricking people into, like, stepping on, on, on bugs. But in, for this particular one, it was mostly, like, you know, going into, like, Craigslist personals. When there was a Craigslist personal, my most successful pages were, do you remember Backpage? Does that ring a bell to you? On Craigslist? Uh, well, no, Backpage was sort of like, you know how Craigslist used to allow to advertise for escorting services? Yes. And then they removed that. And then it was only on the personals. And then they removed that. So Backpage appears to try and sort of like suck some of that um, energy from Craigslist of saying, no, we do allow for escorting services to be offered. And what I would end up doing, actually, and this is like, like sometimes I think like, Jesus Christ, like, how do I get away with these things? This is super clever. Like, I would go on the section, because it wasn't very popular. Um, it was never very popular, but people every now and then would check. So I would go and advertise on the section for female escorts. Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, I'm more likely to find straight, good-looking guys, because there's more straight people, just a matter of numbers, going looking for female escorts rather than advertising on the male-seeking male section, because there's fewer gay people. So... I wouldn't advertise as a female escort. I would say something funny like, hey, now that I have your attention, I have this offer for you. And believe it or not, <laughs> it was incredibly successful. Wow. Because I'm getting like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people were looking for these, you know, trying themselves to hire somebody or like, I don't know, browse around who's, who's selling what and how they look like. And then they have this thing and says, well, this is weird, but it's paying $200. What would what would the the personal say? Like what words? What? So the the actual words I'm trying to remember now, I, because I had. A, so by the way, this was years of trial and error. Like this is not something that just came to me. Like I would try this. Sometimes it would get flagged and take it down. Craigslist was notoriously complicated. Like because of course they would flag all of the the terms and like people would go out there to, like reporting. But some version of it would be something like I don't know. The headline would be something like you know. <sighs> interesting offer, really worth your click, I'm not kidding. Something like that. And it's like, okay, you got And then once it clicks, it's like, hey, you know, probably this is not something that you're looking for, haha, funny moment, but if you want to make some easy cash, you know, we'll always say, like, um, my magic word, in case anybody ever sees this, is like, I say, like, I'm going to be generous, parenthesis, double zeros generous, because I want people to say, like, okay, this is not cheap, this is going to be worth your time or at least it's going to entice you enough to uh, shoot me an email. And then it becomes sort of like this negotiating part of, 
how do I persuade people? And it's basically like, hi, this is not what you're looking for, but like I have this very specific fetish, no sex. I don't want to straight, scare off the straight voice. It's like, I'm going to go try to suck your dick or anything like that. All I want you is to do this and let me go to town on myself while this is happening. Did you, so were you looking for them to do it in front of you? Yes. And that was successful. And that was successful because that was the thing, right? At some point, the videos themselves were like, not, not because I'm, I'm, I'm recording the video, like there's business happening down in my pants. And well, because I have created this scenario where like, of course, it's not something sexual. I can't really go down there and touch myself. Right. But in this one, it's very like, no, this is like, these are the terms. I won't touch you, but like, I will touch myself. You will do this. You will do that. And at the end of the day, you get $200. How how long, how long would a session like that last? Oh God, like 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Yep, it, it's, um, it, I always tell people, I like, just book for an hour just in case, but like when, and I realized that when they realized, well, I'm booking for an hour, it was 10 minutes. He said, like, if I, because I would get people saying like, well, how often do you want us to do this? Like with the idea, like, well, if I do this once per day, like I'm going to do with $1,000 by the end of the week. Oh yeah, no, people immediately jumped on the business sense of it. It's like, yeah, like I, the, the hardest part for me was always the persuasion because most people like, are you, a, I, I heard things like people saying, are you a police officer, you know, trying to entice me? Like, are you a psycho? Like, are we going to do this and you're going to rape me and kill me? Um, or the majority of people just saying, this is a prank. Like there's some YouTube person who's trying to make a thing and I'm going to be a part of it. Like, that's like 99% of the people just say like, you know, this is not real. And, and it's probably the hardest part because how can I persuade somebody that something so ridiculously sounding like my fetish, because it is kind of ridiculously sounding, is actually a real thing. When you when you invited people to come over and make uh, and and do this in front of you, did you have to be on the floor too? Yes, it's part it's part of the whole thing. The the so you may probably know this from the macro side, and some people like. Um, Notice if you want to do macro role play, I guess one of the easiest way of doing it is when you have the person right who's uh, playing the giant stand in front of you and then you lie down because the difference in perspective sort of like elicit all those like the POV and exactly. And in my mind, because as I mentioned to you, I've always been the submissive and other things. I it's almost like I want to be one another, one of the insects in the midst of all the insects. It's like oh, it's he's gonna go first, but then it's gonna be me. And I'm the one who's going to get crushed next. And that's going to be like, you know, the ultimate big O and I'm going to die happy. Is there, can I ask, mm-hmm. is there any aspect of this, right? Because you think of yourself as an insect in that certain moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There has to be aspects of insignificance in that. Oh, all the time. Okay. I have terrible self-esteem. It's always been a constant in my life. But the thing is, because it has never gone away, like, you know, the, the I don't know, the bad feelings, the, the difficulty and whatnot. Eventually, I just got used to it. And now I kind of like it. You can you can work with <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what, like, it, like this feeling of insignificance is, is not that as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. The other part, like, I think there's like two sides from that. Like, um, the one of saying, like, yeah, you know, I, I've never really been the best at self-esteem and uh, what's interesting is well you know were you bullying us a lot as a, as a child you know that's usually where these things come from the answer is no 
It was worse. I was very much ignored as a child by anyone. Like bullies or like, so it's just like, oh, I guess I don't even exist here because I'm not even getting bullied. I'm just like on the wall there. The second part, and this is maybe a little bit more Freudian because I've also struggled with these things in my mind. I am very much a control freak. Everything has to be clean. Everything has to be ordered. Everything has to be organized. And like, as I mentioned, like I'm, I, I'm a mathematician. I do mathematics for a living, which is like the most ordered thing you can even imagine, right? Like everything has to follow this logical perspective. So I do wonder sometimes if this fetish is sort of a reaction of saying, you are just giving, you are just surrendering all control. It's, it's funny you say that. I had a conversation with my boyfriend the other day about people who can't lose control. Because mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned, you know, you like everything a certain way. You're probably type A personality. Oh, type, oh super type A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so type A personality and people, I, I've met a couple of people who are so in control or they think they're so in control of their lives that they won't, yeah. they won't drink they won't do drugs. They won't do anything because they, that, that gets them that amount of control is works for them. But honestly, and this goes, you know, this is outside of everyday life, but you kind of have to be going back to it. You have to, you have to be a masochist Mm -hmm. to want to be so in control of something so uncontrollable. Like, and to yeah. think that you're going to be able to do it. So now that you say that, yeah, I can, I absolutely, I can see that wanting to the insignificance or, or just the fact that, Hey, I can't do anything. This anything. is what's going to happen. The inevitability of it, because we, I think that a lot of people who grow up as type A type people, you sort of take these extra pressure upon yourself, which is of course not real that if you're not in control, bad things are going to happen. Like if I'm not reminding people to do these things, they will forget. If I'm not checking in on the clock, I'm going to be late. If I'm not, like I remember it distinctively when I was in high school and you know, there was one of those days where like, oh, you know, let's, let's draw cartoons of each other, right? Like it's our day, somebody's making cartoons and I'm like, well, I, I'm not really good at drawing. But so I told uh, like a, a good friend of mine, he's like basically like, hi, here's $50, draw a cartoon of me. Cause I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't have the talent, I don't have the patience, I don't have the time. And she drew me as uh, the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Interesting. And I was like, I mean, of course, it was very anime. Like, I like because I'm obsessed with Japanese anime and like, you know, with that. And, uh, but I had, of course, like my cell phone. And I was like, well, you know, what made you think? It's like, because you're always running around with your cell phone, looking at the clock. I'm late. I'm late. Where do I need to go? Like, like the modern white rabbit that is in Wonderland doesn't have like a, a, a clock. It has the, um, his cell phone. And, and I like when people used to tell me, like, you know how people say, like, you know, give me five minutes or like, hey, I'll be there in five. I used to literally get the chronometer and count five minutes. And in five minutes, I would call them and say, like, you said five minutes? This is five minutes. You want 10? I can give you 10, but don't tell them five. Give, tell me 10. Oh, you so, would hate me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I think I was on time today, though, right? I think oh, I was a couple minutes. You were five minutes late. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> but yes, I'm usually, I run between five to 10 minutes late to everything. No, but like it took me a while to realize that everybody's like myself. So now I just keep it shut. But I'm like, but even in my mind, I start feeling the pressure of like, why is he not here? 
why is he not answering? Why did something happen? And I think the way in which type A's deal with this stress is by trying to control everything. Because it's like, if I'm in control, it can't go wrong. But there is this tiny moment of my life where you're describing, it's like, there is nothing in control. Or where I, I had the pleasure to have a very good um, Findom master whenever I dabble into cash mastery. And then I'm like, okay, I'll do this for like a week. And then like, I'm bored with you. Um, one of them grabbed me by the by the head, I still remember. And I still jerk on to that idea of like, and he just told me, true freedom for you is to obey. And I'm like, yes, because I don't have to think about anything. Interesting. And, 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 and so that, that idea of like true freedom, true freedom for you is to obey. is always sort of like an element within like my sexual life because I'm like, yeah, at least for a few hours or a few moments, I don't want to be in control. It is tiring. It is very so tiring. tiring. <laughs> so we talked about the one video and then you sent me the other video. And, and now that we've spoken, um, from the from the video you've sent that I am not going to share, you I can tell that the guy in it there's like I don't know how many crickets I think there's like fifty or sixty crickets I think there are, yeah no, there's a lot of them there's yeah. a lot of them there's like a mountain of them uh, he's wearing high tops of course which when I started I was like there's a reason why this is the one that you chose or the one mm -hmm. that you liked uh, he's wearing high tops and he's stepping on the crickets he's spitting on them. Mm -hmm. uh, calling them names. Very, being very verbally aggressive, degrading. Just as with the one that I mentioned, there's a lot of this verbal aspect to things that I like. That's like my signature thing. If you see my videos around the internet and there's people talking, I most likely have something to do with it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Just in case. Yeah, no. If anyone's I, listening. I will do um, a thorough search on that too. <laughs> I will say this. I watched, I watched, and this is from, from, you know, I'm, I kind of got into your shoes for a second yesterday okay. <clears throat> watching these videos. Like you understood the logic behind it. I understood it, but I also had to watch it and think, okay, well, why is this, why is, why does this work for you? Um, I've only ever stepped on a bug because I don't like insects. I've come to little by little as I get older, like, you know, I told you I was afraid of spiders. Now, yeah. you know, all summer we had this insanely huge spider that I would never feel comfortable with living yeah. on the side of our entrance. And to the point where, you know, now it's getting cold in the Northeast and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's almost his time. He's going, he's got to go, you know, he's going to die. Yeah. But for like three months, this thing was menacing, huge, like wolf spider. Like, like just there. Yeah, yeah. just hanging cool. out. And to the point, I, I noticed him every single time. But if it was 10 years ago, I would have either killed it or moved it somewhere else. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. the only, that's the only other time. That's the only time I've ever been, um, ever wanted to get rid of an insect. Yeah. Um, same with all the other insects, ants and stuff. I try to move them now. So your video, yeah, your video comes in a very interesting time personally for me where I can see I'm not, I'm not a fan of crickets. Right now we have something called spider crickets in this area. I don't know if you guys have oh, them over there. Like spiders that jump like crickets? Yeah, they're, they look like it's a cross between a spider and a cricket. And they're not afraid of you. They jump towards you. Oh my god! Oh, they're awful. Worst. Yeah, I'll, I'll send a. I'll take a picture of one the next time I see one, and I'll send it to you. But those, I've I haven't gotten 
I haven't gotten around those yet. So whenever I see them, I'm like, oh, he's got to go. Sorry. He's in the house. He's got to go. Um, so watching your video, the one with the one crush, yeah. I was okay with. The other one, I started to watch it because it's longer. It's like eight minutes. Yeah. And I think to myself, wow, it's, for me, it's gratuitous. However, I understand that for you, it's sexual gratifying, right? Or almost like it's, it's good for you. It, you, it gets you off. So I would never, and I'll, I'll quote one of my uh, porn stars saying, uh, I will never yuck anybody's yum because yeah. it's what you get into. Yeah. How do you, how, when, do you come across, and you will at some point, I think, people who are very defensive of these videos, of you killing or anybody killing or watching yeah. videos of insects being killed. How do, you, how, do you, how do you rationalize or how do you come across that in your head? So that's a very good question. And, and I think, uh, even I mentioned in my first video, there's, this is a controversial fetish and I, I can't, there's no way around it. There's, there's no, um, I can't square the moral circle of like a, an unwilling participant, which in this case is an insect, is dying for me to get off. I mean, that is, there's, there's no way you can say like, okay, this is somehow good and it's, it's somehow okay. The way I usually sort of like turn it around or sort of like try to work with it in my head is thinking, okay, I have been a vegan for 25 years. So how come people who eat meat have these um, animals which we have actual evidence process emotions in a much more complex way than insects in such horrible conditions, but it's okay for them because they're eating them, but it is somehow not okay for me. It's like if we want to, and this is probably the mathematician in me sort of like laying the arguments because I tend to be very rational. I say like, well, if you want to bring a valid concern or like a valid argument against it, you need to start addressing the much bigger problem and the much more immediate. Because I mean, I think it's less than um, 3% of the world, when most of them are India, um, who are either vegetarian or vegan. That means that there's 70, like, Animal cruelty supporting 97% of the people. And then I get something like, well, but we kill them because we want to we wanna eat them. Um, because, I mean, we need this to survive. And I'm like, no, you don't. I haven't eaten an animal product in 25 years, and I'm still here. No, you kill them because you like the flavor. And you like how they taste. So in my case, this is the one thing. So if, if you go after that and end that in my mind, I'm like, okay, okay, I guess now it's morally justified to just end all of these practices. Well, well now that you mention it, mm -hmm. I know it's controversial, but now that you mention it, um, think of, I can now think of all of the insects that I've killed for nothing. Oh, whereas, okay. yeah. whereas you, at, at least there's, there's something, something that comes something's out coming out of it. Uh, and that's, that's the best way that I can think of it in my head at the moment. I know, look, there's insects will be the next food. I think yeah. the, people are already experimenting with insects as protein. Uh, where, where's that going to come across for you as a vegan? Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's two things to this one. Like if, if I could like, you know, put my own uh, perspective there, I think we as a species are more likely to become insect food and insects to become our food. Like, I do not have a lot of hope in humanity. Like, I, I 
truly do think that not that, I mean, hopefully by the time we're dead, but like we will end up destroying ourselves. But the earth will survive, right? Like, I mean, so many species have died across the millions of years. And then, the, so we would say like, yeah, no, we think we're going to become the, you know, the, the eaters of insects. I, I'm pretty sure like we're going to be the food for the insects. <laughs> at, at a point, yeah. Exactly. But but the second part is like, well, you know, it is, well, I mean, there's something like, I mean, I'm trying to remember the statistics, but there's uh, close to like something many hundreds of insects per one person in the planet, right? Because of the way they reproduce and whatnot. I have a, um, a friend of mine who studies uh, genomics and, and she's very cuckoo, like, because she mixes genomics with like, like for her personal philosophy of like where the world is going. So I love talking to her. Like um, she's in the Louis Pasteur Institute in, in France, in Paris. And she told me once, insects are the most adaptable species on the planet. They are designed to be, they come through a process that she explained to me called genomic compactation or genomic compacting or something, which is essentially when the genome gets rid of all of the additional part. You know how people say, well, the appendix doesn't have any need or like, why do we have pinkies in our toes? Exactly. It's like, she told me like an insect within three generations gets rid of anything that's unnecessary. It's like, so even if they become the new food source, like by the rate of reproduction, it's like, no, there, there, there'll be enough for me and the few, few people. And also, um, I read, I read somewhere uh, how if all the insects in the world banded together, they can get rid of the human species. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, just by sheer size. Yeah. Just by sheer size. So I'm thinking like, yeah, no, this is, trust me, like, you know, when you look at them, and of course, because of my fetish, I also developed, like, I mean, I'm not an entomologist, but like I'm within, you know, the settings where I can actually have access to all of this knowledge. I've come to realize like, they are brutal killing machines. They're incredibly effective at like eliminating their preys and just consume the soul. I'm thinking, yeah, no, yeah, like I mean, you give them self awareness or a sense of or self preservation. Oh, we yeah. are done. <laughs> we are done. No, but it's it's it is not controversial. I agree with you. Like, but I always say, like, I can't square this moral circle. There's no squaring. But the best I can do is we're all guilty of this. My only difference is that I'm getting off to it. And as as gay people, we know. It's always a very slippery slope when you judge people because you, they're, they're getting off in a different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Food for thought. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, thank you for bringing it up. I mean, not everybody likes talking about this, but I love it. <laughs> um, is there anything, uh, anything you'd like to close with? Anything, um, if people, you know, if people listen to this and they are also uh, into insect eroticism or crush freaks, um, how, how would you like, I know we mentioned, you know, if they contact me, I can give them your info. That would be probably the, 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 the easiest way. Just like, uh, you know, send them my, my, um, my email and I, I love talking to people. I love communicating about this and say, well, you know, how would we find if, you know, um, dear little me has any presence. And, and that's what I said, like, if you, if you find a video where people are talking down to bones, men, because I'm, of course. Attractive, man. probably exactly <laughs> attractive. Well, I mean, you know, generic. I mean, you saw the the guy. Like, I mean, he he's conventionally a conventionally attractive guy. That's usually the guys I go for in all of my videos. He's got a rugged um, look to him, though. Oh, what's it? He's got a, like a rugged, white oh, boyish yeah. from the south look to him, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, and and I think I find that attractive as well because I uh, because it's very different to what I'm used to. Like everything is polished and everything is. I don't like. Oh, it's like this is nice, but yeah, no, just this. 
I'm pretty sure you'll watch it. Just as you say, you know, if you watch gay porn in the past 12 years, I've, I've definitely helped get... Well, if you're a crush freak and you've been watching crush freak videos in the past 10, 12 years, I probably have also helped to get off. So you've been helping people get off too. <laughs> oh, I That's amazing. Like, I mean, think about this. Like, I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for decades. Like, I have hardware full of videos. Okay, interesting. To sort of like get through the thing. So you can only imagine how much money I've been spending on this thing <laughs> because it's, it's $200 per session. Oh boy, yeah. I know, but hey, like, you know, the, the, the body wants what the body wants at the end of the day. Well, um, real quick, I just want to thank you so much. Like, No, thank you for giving me a platform as well. No, please. Uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on and, and being very honest with, uh, with this. And I think that... Uh, when it does air, I think people, you'll, you'll find people on both sides. I think it's, you know, there's going to be always the, the people that are disgusted by something. And then there's always people that are like, wow, thank you so much. Uh, and I take both of them because you can't take one without the other. Yeah, no, and I welcome them as well. Like, I'm, I mean, it's like, what can I say? Like, I would not read anything that I haven't like read or been told to before. I mean, I know we didn't get the chance of this, but like, for instance, the, the group of people who I never asked this of because I've never really had very much luck is um, male escorts, unless they're straight. If they're straight, then it doesn't really mind. Gay male escorts have been like the number one people who are like, no, I will not do this. This is wrong. I am not interested. So, hey, I've been told worse to my face and I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so... Yeah, like I said, um, I want to thank you. I'm going to share that video. Uh, I just really quickly want to let people know um, you're listening to Demystifying K Porn. We are available on any podcast directory, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, our videos are on YouTube. Uh, they're on XTube. They're on Pornhub. They are on anywhere. Facebook. Yeah, basically, I've gotten to the point where I've put the videos anywhere. Uh, that gives me a platform uh, to share it with as many people as possible. It's grown organically. It's not like, you know, it's, it's harder for a producer who doesn't take his clothes off to get noti like notarization or like yeah. noticed, let's no, say. No, I, I totally get it because right, that people want to see the thing, right? To sell it. They don't want the information. Yeah, if I wanted more followers, I take my, I, my ass would be all over the place. I'm just not that kind of guy. Uh, I'm a behind the scenes guy. And I'm basically offering people a view behind the scenes uh, when it comes to porn stars and uh, a good intimate conversation when it comes to listeners and fans and people that are into kinks, kinks and fetishes. So that's always cool. Um, wherever you do listen, please click subscribe, click the notification bell, um, rate it because that's always very important. And um, yeah, again, uh, my guest has been L. We've been talking about insect eroticism and crush freaks. Uh, this is Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers.